What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with today some sports fanatics, Leo. And I I preface, I leave Ryan last because Leo and I, off the record, off the podcast here, we just uh, spoke about the importance of uniforms and jersey uniforms. So to say that Leo and I are sports fanatics is an understatement. Ryan, how'd your Bears do last week? (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah today we are actually going to continue the sports trend in in lieu of the nfl playoffs we're actually going to look at the top 15 best sports movies and favorite i'm actually gonna say favorite because my number one is not the best so that's a spoiler for later and the worst sports movies and i think one of leo's favorites is on my worst list and definitely one of ryan's favorites is on my worst list so that should <laughs> that should be an interesting uh discussion when we get there but before we get into that a lot of news of the week um so let's jump right into that uh first up i wish jenny was on because i would love her anger that she spewed all over me during the week when this news came out that nicole kibben and javier barden are in talks to play lucille ball and desi arnaz in the aaron sorkin film the ricardos um i guess i'll kick it off by saying that jenny wrote an article like three four years ago regarding the uh, Cuban actors that could play Desi Arnaz. The reason for that, because Javier Bardem was actually in talks back in 2015-16 when the news first broke. So this is the Javier Bardem was less shocking than a Nicole Kidman because Kate Blanchett had actually signed off on it. Gotcha. Uh, I think the movie's going to be very good because of Aaron Sorkin wrote it and Aaron Sorkin directed it. I don't know how I feel about the casting, but uh, yeah, very interesting to say the least. Uh, Leo, thoughts? Uh, so I know that, yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because I, I know the place that Lucy and Desi have in, like, just American history, right? TV history, American history, breaking down racial barriers, breaking down, like, uh, social norms with, like, the whole, it, it, they, they were very, very instrumental. And I know for you two specifically, you guys are, like, the biggest uh, lucy fans i know um I, I i i'm okay i'm okay with the desi um casting barnett bardem I, I think should be okay i i'm also i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about uh, about nicole kidman she's done some good stuff recently like on lion she did some good stuff yeah uh yeah i mean like, i'm not crazy about it like it's not like oh my gosh i love this casting I'm more like this. This could work. This could be okay. Ryan, I'm exactly right there with Leo. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it can work, and I hope it does. So, uh, to just to finish up on this, so Kate Blanchett is two years younger than Nicole Kidman, so it's not really the age discrepancy. I just don't like the look, and Kate Blanchett can't pull off comedy. I've never seen Nicole Kidman really pull off that physical comedy that she may need in certain aspects because the movie, I assume, is going to be a drama based on their relationship and with flashbacks of uh, her issues being labeled a communist, 
uh, Desi being a womanizer, all that fun stuff that, you know, a lot of people that don't know the character, the, the people behind the characters aren't aware of. Uh, so I guess we'll see what happens. The next bit of casting will probably be Fred and Ethel, William, uh, Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance. I think uh, John Carroll Lynch should play William Frawley. Anyone that's seen Isle of Lucy and know John Carroll Lynch, I think that's like ideal casting. The only issue would be he's too tall. And I I saw a trailer to a movie that we'll talk about a little, uh, not this week, but in a few weeks, Judas and the Black Messiah. Martin Sheen, makeup. I can see it. He's short. I can see oh, it. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And I have no idea who, who would play Vivian Vance. So I guess that time will tell on that. Uh, next bit. Netflix is releasing a new film every week in 2021. I love the timing of this. There's, I just wanted to touch on it and just uh, get your thoughts on it. I love the timing of this, the day that an article that I'm going to touch on after uh, talks about how Hollywood is preparing for another set of massive delays in their mm. blockbusters. And Netflix is like, I'm going to put my massive digital streaming cock out and I'm going to release a movie every single week. Uh, thoughts? I'll, call, I'll start with Ryan on this. Uh, I think it's smart. I mean, we're we're still in the middle of pandemic. Some people are still home, so why the hell not? Let have get people with stuff to watch, and it's just a smart move. I think. I uh, yeah, I would agree, Leo. Yeah, I mean, they're adapting with the times. I applaud the 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 the, the initiative and the forward thinking. Right, like it's you got to do what you got to do. I'm I'm totally a big fan of it. Yeah, same same here in terms of I the choices of what they're releasing this year. Uh, the Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds in a Netflix movie? Come on, man! Come on! I, know. Awesome. I remember. I, I remember when that was when that was announced. Like, I'm like, this casting sounds ridiculous. Like, oh yeah. I don't think that movie's gonna be any good, but is it gonna be entertaining? Absolutely. I will <laughs> say, I give Netflix a lot of credit because you know snobs like me that look, you know, that lives for this stuff knew about this, but the fact that they they're Pretty much bow on top of their trailer was Leo Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence uh, was like so genius because they a lot. I could say casuals probably have no idea that they're in a movie together this year. So the fact that Netflix finished off with that just adds more intrigue. It's uh, it's going to be one of their players next year. It's Adam McKay's next film. And uh, it actually feels more like a comedy than it does a serious movie, so it'll be fun to see Leo do some comedy again, since uh, that was this would be his first comedy. I guess Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a comedy per se, right? Oh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking Wolf of Wall Street because that really feels like a like a uh, a dark satire. comedy. Yeah, satire. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, next bit of news prepared us for the ho- the news about Hollywood moving their dates is that many states of Newark is moving to September 2021. That, that is the Sopranos prequel. Uh, this is, this is not COVID related though. This is actually, I th- suspect they think it's a player, and they want to move it to the Oscar season. That's my personal opinion. Uh, because HBO, HBO, one of the, I think HBO or the. I think I first saw it on Variety or Hollywood Reporter said that it wasn't COVID related. So I think it's going to be a player. I'm surprised it's going to be a player, but I'm also excited because I think it's it's a Sopranos prequel. It should be as good as I expect it to be. Uh, I guess, Ryan, you're upset. Yeah, I mean, I want to see it now. <laughs> no, I'm with you, but man. I'm with you. Using the logic you're using, then I'm down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can't wait to see it. Leo, thoughts? 
honestly, at this point, dude, I've lost track of all the pushes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just glad when a movie comes out. Yeah, I'm like, with you, I, man. I, 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 I'm, I, I've been in this too. I think as of all of us, we've been in this pandemic so long now that I'm just grateful to get any new content. Oh yeah, like I, I, I mean, sorry, we're gonna get into it in a little bit, but when I saw that Marvel title card, I was the happiest I've been in a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of leads into Hollywood preparing for another set of delays. Uh, Morbius was one of them. It was already announced that it's moving to October 2021. Very ballsy because they're competing with Halloween Kills. And as much as we love Marvel here, I don't know anyone that's a huge Morbius fan that this will outdo Halloween at the theaters in the box office once you know if everything is back to normal by October. Leo, you're our Marvel guru. What do you think? I was going to say, let's let's be fair here. This is not Marvel Studios. <laughs> this, is, this is Sony Marvel. So it, it was never going to compete with anybody any time it came out. So I, like, I don't I'm know. Not, I think that if no. you you threw no. it like in March or April, it would have been okay. I mean, the it may no. I'm no no no. I'm Jared Leto. <laughs> I was already. I'm like, I'll watch this because it might be entertaining. It's gonna be a good old like Venom. It'll be a good movie. It'll be entertaining. But I'm like, this was never meant to be any kind of thing. Like any any heavy hitter in the in the comic book movie realm. So I it, move it to wherever you want to move it to. It's, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> Ryan thoughts. I mean, how can you follow that? <laughs> I, yeah, it's true. It's funny because. I don't know if you guys knew this. Do you know the backstory of Morbius in terms of why he's the living vampire? Why? Well, if if if, if Spider-Man the animated series taught me anything, <laughs> it wasn't it like that he injected himself with some kind of like serum. So he's no, not like a... no, no. I mean, real life reason, like that the creators made him a living vampire. Oh no! Why? Yeah, why? So apparently, why? the comic code back in uh, whenever I, the year that he first released in comic form. I believe you were not allowed to have the living dead, like anyone dead in the comics. So they created the living vampire and gave him that backstory in order to create him as a character. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. Yeah, pretty interesting. When I saw that, I was like, okay, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, Some of the other movies that are set to be delayed are maybe Fast and Furious 9. Who cares? Only Jenny cares. Well, a lot of people care, but I can't can't deal with that franchise. Uh, The... No, no, no time to die may move again, and it's gonna. It hurts me so much. I just want to see it. I just want to see no time to die. Uh, and with with that moving, I think if something like no time to die, and then Fast and the Furious Nine moves, I think that's just gonna trigger everything else because those are just two big, two huge releases. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I I, I suspect things aren't gonna get any better anytime soon. So it wouldn't yeah. shock me if things start uh, moving. But there go my my next argument would be at this point we're 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 just gonna we can't just keep pushing it. It's like a job. It's like a job or or a company that have had uh, pandemic layoffs and whatnot. You can't just keep laying people off because by the end of it, you're not gonna have a, a, anyone working for the company type of thing. If these movies keep getting pushed, you're not going to be having time to make other movies because, like, the release calendars are just going to get so fucked up that it, it, it's just going to be something ridiculous. Like, Black Widow is no, not confirm, not any confirmation, but I have read a very strong rumor that it's going to do day and date. 
Mm, and that's the be- that's the best fit for it right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's you just got. You're right. Yeah, I, I like that. Marvel Marvel can't hold off anymore, especially Marvel. Yeah. They 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 have too much. It's funny because the universe kind of fucks them here because everything is so Absolutely. interconnected. Yo, Dave, you're a really good call out. This is like this is like the problem of what they created. Like it yep. was magical at first, but in a COVID world, they are like the, the most affected yep. by it because they can't they can't hold off anymore. They, this is this is to the point that you have to keep moving forward. Uh, and what's what's a podcast without some Snyder cut news? <laughs> <laughs> we need like what? a theme what? song. What? <laughs> still new. Why? <laughs> So this week's news is Harry Lennox shot Martian Manhunter footage for the upcoming Justice League. Of course he did. Of course. You know what? Of course. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't know that character well. Was he? Is he Martian Manhunter in the comics? Like that character he plays? Yeah, he's like the DC Vision. Honestly, I mean, maybe that's why. It's like I think maybe maybe it's like they want to compete with WandaVision, and they're figuring, let's put the closest thing to Vision in the Snyder Cut. I love it. Ryan, you, your excitement keeps growing every day. I know it does. I mean, let's just throw everyone in there at this point. <laughs> who so who would shock... I'll, I, I'll <laughs> ask this. Who would shock you if they aren't in it at this point? I, I, I'm... I'm, I'm, I, I'm... Dude, I can't... <laughs> I can't I, <laughs> I can't wait till we get to talk about this movie, and and I hope Ryan likes it. I really do. I, I'm rooting for you, Ryan. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if the Snyder Cut Vision was gonna be like a Marvel versus DC comics, and like all of the MCU's in this thing too. There's a giant portal scene at the end, and Zack Snyder's like, I thought of it first. He's like, I shot this before uh, the Russo brothers shot theirs. Uh, and then last bit is actually MCV, MCU news. This is not a shock. Uh, Kevin Feige confirms that X-Men MCU talks have all have begun to take place. And uh, I think we get them in two years. That's my that's my time frame. Leo, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's a solid timeline. I, I mean, even even accounting for COVID, I think that's a that's a solid, solid timeline. I think that kind of fits what they already like with the Deadpool news. And like the, it, that seems to be like their pace for it. I think that's yeah, that's, that's good. Ryan, what do you think? I agree. You know, you can sprinkle something here and there if you want, like a line here and there. But just, yeah, two years seems good. Yeah, and then that Leo kind of uh, hinted at the other, some of the other MCV new, uh, news with the Deadpool being confirmed for the MCU, and I believe it was also confirmed to be rated R. Remember uh, a few years ago where I made fun of internet idiots that uh, were saying that MCU was never going to do it, and Kevin Feige and Disney would never release a rated R at Deadpool. Just, just, just. Ah, <laughs> internet, I love you. Never change. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke is landing the villain role in Moon Knight. We know nothing about MCU's poor man's Batman, but uh, I love I love anything Ethan Hawke does. And then finally, I did want to touch a little bit on this. Chris Evans is rumored to return to the MCU. I have a few thoughts, but I'll kick it off with Leo on that. Uh, so, yeah, just to touch base on the uh, Moon Knight casting, I don't I get much like you said, poor man's Batman. I don't know too much about the source material, yeah. but this cast is looking fantastic. So good. So uh, good. Right? Like, damn. All right. All right. Uh, now, as far as the, I mean, the the, the rest of it, um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, 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 it's, it's overwhelmingly positive. I'm like overwhelmed with Marvel news at this point. <laughs> yeah, they, they they really gave us a lot more news than we've had from them in a while this week. So, uh, Ryan, thoughts on Chris Evans? 
Um, initially, I wasn't for it because I think they gave him the perfect send-off. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because I was talking to Casey this morning. I'm like, uh, what if he is an integral part of WandaVision? We'll talk about that in a little bit. And I, oh, like, sorry. Sorry. So... If that's the case, the small, quick things, maybe, but I don't know. You gave him a great send-off. Just let it be. Yep. So I think that the cameos will be as Steve Rogers, not as Captain America. Yeah, I like it. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to... I thought, as as soon as I heard the news, I'm like, oh, are we going to get a series of him returning the the Infinity Stones? Like, we're going to see him travel because we didn't see him uh, return to the Infinity Stone. So, are we going to get something like we get flashbacks of him returning to stones? But then I also came to mind of him just being sprinkled within the MCU as Steve Rogers. I yeah, guess. yeah. Because I think even in the comics, like when he becomes old man Steve Rogers, he takes on more of like a Nick Fury role, where he's mm-hmm. like in Shield as like an advisor type thing. Yeah, that you could have little scenes like that. And honestly, like I'm surprised because if anyone has done the best since leaving the MCU. I mean, it hasn't been that much. It's only been two years, and with COVID, it hasn't been that long. But uh, I would say he's done better than Robert Downey Jr. Well, I was actually going to ask you about that, because I know when he decided to leave the MCU, he made it up, like Chris Evans decided like he wanted to focus on directing. Mm. So I know he had a, he, he did have his directorial debut with um, Before We Go, but after that, did he direct anything else of worth, worth note? Was he was he a director on the movie he was in for, for Apple? For Apple? No, so he wasn't a director on that. He, uh, so it wasn't even a movie, it was a limited series, and he is yeah. really good. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I actually would say that what I've liked most about what he's done, and I don't know if you guys agree, was that he took on roles that are not anything like he's done before to kind of differentiate himself because no matter what, he's always going to be Captain America to us and he's knocked it out of the park. So to see him go back and I feel like it exactly what you said, Leo, it's kind of a mentor role, not him putting on. And I think it would be kind of fucked up that they take away, uh, the Captain America motto from, uh, oh my God, uh, Falcon from Falcon so quick. So I think we'll find out more. When we see Falcon and Winter Soldier, it wouldn't shock me if that's where you see his first cameo as Steve Rogers. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, and then that is it for the MCU news and for the news of the week. Uh, before we get into our sports top tens and to- I mean top fifteens, what did we watch this week? I have three things I wanted to touch on. Uh, I started watching this Netflix series called The Night Stalker. I don't Ooh. Know if- so it is a I I am a sucker for a January Netflix crime drama series that I have to watch by myself because Jenny will not watch it with me. <laughs> so this one, The Night Stalker, is actually based on the 1984-85 killer Richard Ramirez. I had always seen his face on like uh, when I was younger, and I looked up criminals for like criminal justice classes, like serial killers and stuff, and he would always pop up. But I just read a little bit about him insane stuff man it's a little graphic like you don't see him kill anybody obviously because it's a true story but um you see the pictures of the bodies and stuff like that it no. it can get graphic for some but it's it's actually very informative i i'm actually on the last part it's only four parts and it's each 45 minutes so it's not too long at all uh 
very interesting. If you like these crime drama shows, uh, crime true true crime story shows, I would give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to finish it right after we get off this podcast. Uh, and the, I also saw, I can't talk about it. I can only say like very general thoughts. I saw the new Justin Timberlake movie, Palmer. So Apple sent it over. And in, all I can say is it's Justin Timberlake's best performance. I can't really Whoa. say anything. Yeah, I can't say anything else until next week. Uh, but yeah. And then WandaVision. So we're going to talk about WandaVision in, in a few minutes. So Ryan, what do you watch this week? Um, Cobra Kai season two and three. Yes. I Go for it. The floor is yours, buddy. It. Such great storytelling. Uh, the such a great cliffhanger for season uh, four. I can't wait for it. Yeah, um, like, me too. it and season three went so quickly. It was funny because I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, I must be on season five. I'm in episode five. No, I'm on episode nine. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what works with that show so well. When when I like pacing myself with shows, but when you're married to someone that doesn't, she just wanted to watch, watch, watch with me. And I'm I'm like, we finished this in like a day and a half. We finished the entire se- season. It was so good. Yeah. And also I watched um the Death in the Family animated. Ooh, how Ooh, was that? Yeah, how was that? Here's the thing. Oh no, oh, Ryan! No, no. <laughs> Dave. I think your your reaction and my reaction picked up exactly for everything he just said. Yeah. I w- I was so I I was waiting for Ryan to see it because he's kind of my guinea pig with this DC animated, and he usually likes everything. So I'm sad. Go ahead, Ryan. If you've seen Under the Red Hood, you don't yeah. need to see this. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Okay. And that, what it is is really Under the Red Hood condensed into a shorter story. And then like two or three other stories, which are really good, well done stories. Don't get, they're really and those are in itself worth to check out. But if you're in it just to see Death in the Family, just go see Another Red Hood. So, I've read that it it's interactive. Like you pick the ending. Is that true? Maybe with the uh, with the Blu-ray DVD, but not on HBO Max. Oh, it's already on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch it today then. Thanks for letting me know. I actually didn't know it was on HBO Max yet. Okay, cool. Uh, anything Man, they else? have a bunch of the new uh, animated DC stuff. Oh, great, great! That's oh, wow. good to know. I didn't know. I didn't know they had updated it, so I'll definitely check it out. Anything else, Ry? And one division, which we'll talk about. Leo, take it away. So it's funny. I think uh, much like Ryan, I went to the animated world after watching WandaVision. I stayed on Disney Plus and I revisited the 1994 Fantastic Four animated series that was like on like this. It was like the Marvel Hero Hour with the Iron Man cartoon. Um, nice. I don't know if any of you guys have watched it, but like it, it's uh, revisiting it now, like having seen the movies that came out afterwards. It had a lot of early MCU things on it, like a lot of crossovers. It was only 26 episodes before the series was uh, unfortunately canceled. But you start like there's um there's there's an episode about Ego, the Living Planet. Uh, there's an episode about Black Panther and Wakanda, um, Namor, the Submariner. It was really cool. Really good writing. Um, it's very 90s writing, like X-Men the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series. That's great. It doesn't really, yeah, it's not very childlike. But much like you two, I think mainly the thing that stood out for me was WandaVision. The first yeah. two episodes finally, finally dropped. Yeah. I guess we can get into it. Uh, I'll k- actually let Leo kick it off since he's our guru. Yeah. So what are your overall thoughts? immediately the one thing that happened for me dave was just like you the minute you hear the fanfare and that freaking credit screen come out it's like oh it's been so long since i've seen this um for new content at least 
Um, I already had seen the trailer, so I knew it was going to be a black and white TV genre type thing. Um, I really dug it though. Like it, it, it made me very nostalgic for those shows, right? Like the bewitched callouts, the Lucy callouts, like, um, I, as, as an, as an, as a Marvel fan, you're constantly looking at the screen to see what things you may miss, like you may pick out if yep. it's an Easter egg or not. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, overall, I, I love the. I love the overarching mystery of what's happening in there. Anytime yep. they introduce something with the bright colors, I'm like, ooh, what could this possibly mean? And I'll be honest, I, I was stumped a lot of times, and I definitely had to do some more like Marvel Comics research afterwards, but I, I loved it. I know it might not be for everybody, but I, I literally loved it, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, hooked from beginning to end. Uh, loved both episodes. Um I was intrigued. I was so intrigued in the story. I was too. I didn't even catch any Easter eggs. I had to go back and like read about the Easter eggs. Um, I loved. Slight spoiler: the like little commercials. <laughs> yes, yeah, I actually, fun. that's actually one of the first Easter eggs I wanted to touch on. When, once you finish, right? And uh, just yeah, just like Leo said, like the transition of color. Just um, we'll, yeah, we'll get into it further in a minute. Awesome. So I, as Leo mentioned before. I live for 1950s sitcoms. Uh, I'm a huge fan of I Love Lucy. I'm a huge fan of The Honeymooners. I'm a huge fan of Dick Van Dyke Show, uh, Bewitched, as you mentioned before. So it felt very natural to me, especially it felt very authentic to the show at the times. Uh, one thing I really loved, I'm not sure if you guys peeped on it, the set for episode one was completely different for episode two. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the set for episode one was more, I believe, Dick Van Dyke-ish with uh, certain aspects of Isle of Lucy. The second one was a direct uh, tribute to Bewitched. Like now, just the, on top of the opening credits, the set design was similar okay. to Bewitched. Uh, I think the color, the switching to color at the end of the episode was probably meant to be something else. But as someone that knows Bewitched knows that that show actually does change the color towards the end of the run. Really? Yeah. So I love the transition from black and white to color at the end of the episode because knowing that had really happened on the show was pretty cool seeing it. I think I told Virginia and I were watching it and I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool because it changes like, I think we both said it at the same time, like it changes the way it does, you know, from black and white to color the way that the TV show actually does. So that I, I like that they use Bewitched as the second episode because if they are going to transition to color from now going forward, I it's a good uh, series to use as a backdrop. Uh, now let's get into the Easter eggs. Uh, I will say the commercials correlate a lot with the calendar and the, so the, obviously you guys saw the Hydra on the watch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The The time is 823, the same time as the date on the calendar that circled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do we know when the snap took place? Do you mean what time of day? What no, what date? Oh. I wonder because they talk about so much about their anniversaries. Oh, you know, when did they get married, so on and so forth in the first two episodes. I wonder if eight twenty three is not their anniversary, but Vision the day of Vision's death. Interesting. Uh, it's this that one was a long stretch. It's more outside the Marvel comic realm. It was just something that came to mind. I'm like, okay, they they're not talking about it as a day, anniversary date, and that's actually ripped from an episode of I Love Lucy where a date is circled and Lucy's trying to get Ricky to remember what that day actually is. That whole scene is directly from I Love Lucy, and um, 
but it just came to mind. I'm like, I wonder if that A23 has something to do with the snap, like, or Vision's death. It's on the same day. So uh, that that's something that came to mind. Now, real theories that I I com- looked on the internet. And I'm glad I'm not the only one. So, um, Agnes, is she Agatha Harkness? Yeah, I, I like it. It's funny because I I don't know too much of the, her character in the in the comic books, but from what I'm reading, a lot of it's a, it's a very very she's a big bad. Series. She and, I think uh, I think she's one of big ba- uh, of Scarlet's big bads, right? Yeah, and specifically for the storyline too. Well, she's she's plays a part in the manipulation of of, uh, of Wanda's mind, but alongside the other big bad in that in that crossover, who who I think is still to be. If this person does come out in the series, it'll be fantastic for um for Doctor Strange's movie. I think. Uh, and before we get to Ryan, I also think because she names her bunny Sir Scratch, her son's name is Nick Scratch. Yes, well, the bunny thing was cool too because that's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Easter egg, which I was freaking geeking out for when I saw the actress that used to play Anya on Buffy. And that's a good that's a good find. And the other one that I wanted to mention is the fact that Jenny liked this tribute too because I think it was on Dick Van Dyke. She mentioned I'll confirm with her for another for next week that she has a na- they have a neighbor on the show that you never see her husband. So the fact that you never see Agnes's husband, uh, Agnes's husband, is a callback to the show to like to the old sitcoms as well. That's but cool. I wonder if her husband is Mephisto. That's so. That's exactly what I was going to. Yeah, I think that is Mephisto. I think Mephisto is the big bad in this show, which would be awesome. And it, like you said, it correlates to Doctor Strange very, very well. Uh, Ryan, what theories do you have? If you have any, I really don't. Honestly, I'm just enjoying the ride. Nice. And Leo, do you have any? You mentioned you 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 saw some yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, specifically because this storyline is very in the comic books. It's a very X Men heavy storyline. Um, Wanda loses her mind. She ends up saying the phrase "No more mutants," and she strips all the mutants of their powers. Um, and that storyline continued in Marvel Comics for about like a year or something. So when it had some lasting ramifications. Um, the only big theory I have is um, that I've been reading up on, and I, and I have a feeling that this might be something, is Wanda and the organization S.W.O.R.D., which is like an extension yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. So like, if you notice like at the end of the first episode, there's, you see the little symbol on the TV set when you see the person that's monitoring them. Yeah, and then the beekeeper, right? Yep, the beekeeper, and also on the little helicopter, the symbol for the S.W.O.R.D. is there as well. A, a theory that I've been reading up on is that after the events of Infinity War Endgame, Sword takes Vision's body and they're trying to reactivate it, right? Because ultimately it's a giant computer, so they're just yeah. trying to reactivate it using Wanda's powers of like reality warping. She ends up getting like in there in his mind, getting kind of stuck, trying to like relive like her happiness with him. So th- what we're seeing here is her trying to program his mind. Um, and in the meantime, Mephisto comes in and tries to mess around with everything. Um, but it would it would answer what happens to Vision's body after the after the yeah, because we never do find that out. Yeah, we don't. So it's like, and, and and ultimately, if something like that happens, we could have Paul Bettany and Vision back in the MCU as like a new rebooted version. It will. I will say, I love that idea, and it would be great television if that is what happens but in another way i'm like oh man then that means they just re retook every death from 
from Infinity War at this point. <laughs> There's no one left. Except Tony. Tony's the only one. Oh. Go ahead, Rod. The one I wanted to mention. Uh, the voice on the radio. Yeah. Was that Steve Rogers? No. No. It was, uh, it was, it was, um, uh, the, it was the agent from Ant-Man, too. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought of that first because dealing with Hydra and all that stuff. So no, I, I that, like of that him too. maybe feeling bad, blaming himself. That's why he's doing it. Like that's the storyline I went with in my head. I actually do think, and we talked about this off the air. Like this is kind of really tragic in terms of Wanda if she is just putting all these thoughts together and these memories in her head because she doesn't want to let him go. It's kind of it's kind of tragic because you never really see her dealing with it except that one scene in in. In Endgame, when she comes, she comes back. But it also goes to show: Did Vision teleport? No, right? Did I'm not teleport? Did Vision uh turn into dust after his death? No, right? He, uh, he turns ooh. like stone or something. No, yeah. Well, he turns right. gray. He, he turns just, gray. Yeah, yeah. She dusts out. He just lays lifeless. Interesting. So I wonder if they do touch it. If it's what you said, Leo. If they touch on when they found the body, because at that point, did they were they part of the people that cl- turned to dust? Who you know. It's it, very interesting. I'm very interested where the show's going. So that just shows that it's uh, it's doing what it needs to do. It is cool that the three of us seem to like all all love it. We all seem to have enjoyed it. And I guess because I guess there will be a, a population of people that are looking for more action MCU that are going to be a little disappointed by this. Yeah, actually, I was joking with Leo off the line. I was I was like, oh, anyone that comes at us and telling us that it's a slow paced show. And that Marvel never takes their time, and they just jump into the action right away. I don't know what ten years. Ten years is too soon for for us to get our big bad in our conclusion. So, Marvel <laughs> has no problem taking their time in terms of of actually yeah. uh, going from point A to point B. They 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 don't care about their story being taking a while. So, looking forward to the rest of the series, and we will see what happens with that. So, let's jump into it, guys. Sports movies. I I can say before we get into our worst and best, I actually had a surprise question for the two of you that I will answer myself. Uh, I am a huge sports fan for okay. the, for worse for better or worse. Uh, sports throughout the year really runs my life uh, in terms of my emotional feelings and stuff. Uh, so with that being said, I know Leo's a big sports fan, and Ryan, you're give or take. Yeah, pretty much. So you don't have to answer this, but Leo, what is your best and worst moment as a f- sports fan? Oh wow! I have a few. So I, <laughs> if you don't have if any, I, that's perfectly no, fine. no, no. So best, best is actually it's heartbreaking of what it meant for me after the fact. But best moment sports would be my first NFL game, my first game ever attending it. It was the Jets versus Carolina Panthers. Um, and I was a little boy, this is like back in 95, 96, I was a little boy, didn't know a thing about NFL football or football in general, but just being in the, being in the stands around all those crazy people chanting, like it was one of those moments that like, it's unlike it, right? Sports is, there's unlike, there's anything unlike it. And it's just, that stands out to me as my, my best moment as a sports fan was just being a fan for football. Um, the the Jordan shot against the Utah Jazz. Yes. Um, that shot. I remember watching it in my room, and I just remember like like the 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 score was going back and forth, and I just remember being like on the edge of my bed, just watching, watching, and then Jordan drains that last shot. 
um worst moment as a fan to be honest as a because of the fandoms that i've chosen <laughs> <laughs> it's a like the Jets, it's the constant thing. Oh, maybe the worst moment as a fan was, as David knows, I'm a huge Stefan Marbury fan. The day um, he went to play in China, and it's it's been a, it's a strange fandom. It's a very strange <laughs> fandom. But uh, I'm also from New Jersey, so when I woke up to find out that Stefan Marbury had been traded away from New Jersey, I remember that moment being heartbreaking because I'm like, I would, I, I didn't get a chance to see my favorite player every single game. Um, but uh, yeah, being a Jets fan, being a Nets fan, it's it's been rough either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh for me, uh for best sports fan moment, I would say I'm a big Jordan fan. Blind Jordan fan. I don't think he's ever done anything wrong in ter- in terms of on the court. Uh so all the moments with him winning the ch- 90 98 specifically. I remember 96 and 98 very well. Uh, I remember I remember being there. And I want to say the best moment, but I had started to look into Jordan while he was still retired playing baseball. So when I when the news broke that he was coming back, uh, I just lost my mind. It was just such a great experience to be able to watch him play for three, four years um, in his prime. So that was great. Uh, Yankees winning the championship multiple times during my during, when I was a kid. That that's fantastic. Um, I, I think I remember the heartbreaks more than the 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 good the good days. I have three. Uh, two thousand one World Series was the first time I ever cried after a team lost in the championship. Uh, bottom of the ninth, Arizona Yankees up two two one, I believe, on Arizona and Rivera, who has has who has uh, given up less runs in a baseball game than men have been on the moon, gave up two runs to lose the series and the world series. And what made that series so special was because it took place after nine 11 and the Yankees were kind of like the team of the city and them losing game seven was heartbreaking. The other one actually has to do a core uh, has to do with football. Uh, this is 2014. Um, I'm a very, very superstitious person. Uh, if, my team wins when you're not around. You're not watching games with me. If my team loses when you're around, you're not watching games with me. Uh, so when my wife now, we first started dating, I actually, we started going to bars for the games. And the Packers didn't lose. They they didn't lose a game the rest of the season after me and her started dating. So uh, NFC Championship, Rodgers is on one leg. She happens to go on a trip to New Orleans that week. So she's not with me for the NFC Championship. And Packers are up. At this point, it was a Legion of Boom. That defense was incredible. And then the Packers were still, I think they were up 13 nothing. So I started getting texts in the third quarter. Congratulations, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, don't do that. I'm not. Oh, don't, no. don't do that. Jinx, no. Every, I, I got texts from like five or six people. And then progressively just started getting worse and worse and worse. But the Packers are still winning, and then the onside kick that that fucking toolbox Bostic slipped right through his hands when the ball was on its way to Jordy Nelson. Game over. Packers go to the Super Bowl. Pa- Seahawks tied it. Seahawks took the lead. Packers tied it up, and then in overtime, Pat Seahawks won. I still haven't forgiven Jenny for that. I was in tears. <laughs> I was in absolute tears. Um, 
Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I get pretty emotional when we win or when my teams win or lose. So those are some heartbreaking sports moments. So that means I love sports movies. So Ryan, do you have any moments you want to touch on, or just? I mean, my biggest sport is pro wrestling. So that doesn't count. Well, okay then. That's sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. Even though uh, wrestling movies are in my in my list. So All right, good. Uh, <laughs> I got worried. Um. But so, I mean, going to games with my dad, uh, watching the last Giants Super Bowl in the basement, just drinking Bud Light Platinums, watching that win and celebrating afterward. That was fun. Um, That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I actually, Leo's going to hate that I say this. I'm a very, I love history. I love history being made and I love being, you know, I love being alive for certain, a lot of historic moments. I hate that the Giants beat the Patriots in 07 because I don't think we'll ever see a team go undefeated. So the fact that the Giants beat the Patriots, I'm like, ah, man. I, I remember I remember that game because I hate both teams. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't win either way. Either I have to hear that the Patriots won another Super Bowl or the Giants fans are going to be gloating about another Super Bowl. I'm like, this is the, this is the lose-lose for me. <laughs> Listen, the lose-lose situation is definitely there because there's nothing more annoying. I, I have a few buddies that are 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 Patriots fans and you know uh you know yeah. one of them Leo and and you know too right so shout out to our our buddy Christian he's no, no hel- shout out. if it's a Patriots no, no he's a very out. he's a hilarious Pats fan and I don't and I know a few they're not, they're not that bad they have all the right to gloat to be honest with you there is nothing more annoying than Giants fans talking shit about Tom Brady <laughs> like you beat him twice he's not perfect shut the fuck up like your team is garbage. Eli Manning is garbage. Shut the fuck up. They're yes. they are oh. the most annoying fan base of any sport. I would say them Cowboy fans are pretty bad outside of our buddy Kevin. Um and Yankee fans and I'm a Yankee fan, but we're we're pretty bad. But Giants well, it, go ahead, go ahead. I think like the thing about being a fan and we'll get through into our into our into our into our movies as well. It's like it takes a certain type of loyalty, right? You yeah. can't just be a fan when things are good. Oh, and that's absolutely. the thing that frustrates me about mm-hmm. Patriots fans is that you have never seen how bad it can be. Like, you have They're not been to. in the low of the low and then won. They're so, like, to. yeah. I Leo, it's funny you say that because I think when we hit the lows that we hit, it makes the Ws feel so much better. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm a Devils fan, so I'm always on a low. We haven't won a chip in almost... 20 years so it it's it's pretty interesting yeah you nailed it on the die i remember when lebron james went to miami how many everyone was a heat fan all of a sudden so it's easy it's easy to be a fair weather fan dude but yeah, like seriously yeah uh you know what i'm not a fan of bad sports movies so <laughs> nice segue we're gonna get into our top five worst sports movies of all time so for my list i don't know if you guys did the same there's a lot of bad sports movies don't get me wrong so I wanted to try to step away from the the ones that would be more obvious, like Angels in the Infield, shit like that. I kind of wanted to go with movies that were either sequel, a, a sequel that was unexpected in terms of it came after uh, two successful movies or three successful movies and it just was really bad, but was plan- was attempted to be good, or just movies that are just downright disrespectful to sports. So... <laughs> I'll start off with my five through two. Uh, my number five is Rocky Five. We talked about it last week. It's very, it 
it's very disappointing. But as we spoke about Rocky Four, like as much as entertainment value that movie has for us, you kind of saw the trajectory because each one of the movies, like quality wise, just got worse and worse. But Rocky Five still holds a place in terms of it's very boring. It feels longer than it needs to be. So that's my number five. My number four, I love Major League and Major League Two. <laughs> so when I heard Major League Back to the Miners was coming out, I thought it was just going to be a follow up and all these players were just sent down to the Miners. That ain't it. And it utterly disappointed me and it's just absolute trash. So that's my number four. Uh this is the one I think it may be on Ryan and Leo's list, but I hate this movie. I hate everything about this movie. I think people like this movie because they like the actor in it. Uh I don't understand anything he says in the movie. I need subtitles to watch this movie. My number three is the water boy. That movie is oh, God, oh, that movie is entertaining. that movie is hot garbage. Nothing about it's that movie so for me is not so entertaining, entertaining, Ryan. It is not entertaining, Leo. It is do you, it if you need subtitles for a non foreign film to understand what the character is saying, it's not working. I will, I, will, said, I, will, I, will, I will say, you, you probably have Rocky on your list, and you know for a fact there are scenes in that movie you still don't understand. Listen, there are some scenes that I don't understand, <laughs> but there are no scenes that I don't need subtitles for to hear him speak throughout the movie. I've seen I've seen with Waterboy I would say three times so I have given him more than one shot I you know me with Sandler like there are some yeah. comedies that work for me with him this one just doesn't and I know people love it and I don't know why because there are some in, I I think there's some if I remember correctly there's some popular famous lines from the movie but yeah I yeah. it just doesn't do it for me and number two is just an insult to the sport of the of women's basketball Joanna Man. Ooh, that's your number two. Okay. Yeah, number one. I, number one is a bigger insult, but uh, and it, and it kind of pissed me off every time I watch it because I have seen that movie multiple times. Uh, but yeah, Joanna Man. In terms of, I think the time around the time it came out, Leo. You, you, I mean, I don't watch that much WNBA, but I know WNBA started in '97, so this movie came out after that. So the sport that's trying to really build itself, you're gonna have a movie where some guy plays women's basketball it kind of insults the sport and it just very poorly timed but yeah that's my number two ryan let's hear it a number five the next karate kid <gasps> oh Jenny's good man sad. good man good man yeah i watched it just this week just to make sure and yeah it doesn't no no especially now with cobra kai and the rest of the uh, Karate Kid movies. It, it's just the weakest link. Goodbye. So you're not you're not a fan. I was actually. It's funny. People, our listeners, are probably be like, "Why the Karate Kid Part Three is not on my list?" I think it's a guilty pleasure watching Fat Danny Larusso. So I I, I just <laughs> I couldn't put it on my list. Go ahead, Ry. Uh, number four, Rocky Five. Yes, we talked about it last week. Nothing much has to be said about it. Number three, Talladega Nights. Yes. Ooh. Ryan, I love you. (laughs) I can't stand the actor. I can't stand the movie. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. No. Shake and bake the fuck out of here. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, there you go, Ryan. I'm just glad that someone else had Will Ferrell movies and and not just me. And number two, like Mike. Oh. Good. Love it. Fantastic pick. Oh. Yeah. That's just not a good movie. I think I like like Mike. I think I do. I haven't seen it in years, but I think I like it. Um, Leo, what do you got? So my honorable mentions are actually Rocky Five and the Next Karate Kid. Nice. Uh, but my number five, Blades of Glory. 
Is that uh, another Will Ferrell movie? That's a Will mm-hmm. Ferrell movie. Yeah, Will Ferrell and uh, and Napoleon Dynamite. Um, yeah. Uh, number number four, Basketball. Leo, I love basketball. That's trash. <laughs> uh, number three, Like Mike. And I, yeah, that I don't, I know. I hate Bow Wow. I hate him playing basketball with NBA players. No. Do you number- know? Wait, I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you, and Ryan, you may actually look for this. Do you know they made a wrestling version of Like Mike this uh, last year? What? I have to find this. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, the, um, the Netflix the movie. Mids, right? Yeah, it's called The Main Event. So it's similar to Like Mike. Rather than basketball shoes, he finds a luchador mask. And when he puts the luchador mask on, he has like all these powers and stuff. Any good? No, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Dave's like, it's so good, it's on my top sports movies. I actually think, but Ryan, I, because who's in it, like Keith Lee's in it and all that stuff, I think you may dig it. Uh, I'll check it out. And I think that's, and that's, don't get me wrong, like the cameos are pretty cool, but like I just, yeah, I wasn't a fan of Bow Wow during these days. And yeah. my number two is a placeholder because I know I'm going to hate it, but it hasn't come out yet. Space Jam, a new legacy. Oh, I. <sighs> I don't know no. how I feel, no, man. Uh, I don't no, know how uh. I feel. I don't know. I mean, I I think I, the original Space Jam isn't on my best either or favorite. Uh but yeah. No, I get you. Uh, what's your number one? Number one is Juana Man. For literally exactly what you mentioned, is disrespectful to the WNBA. Um, it's. I mean, it is part of that slapstick humor type thing, but mm-hmm. like, it's just so bad. Um. Yeah, especially where we're at now with, with with gender norms and everything. Like this movie is pretty disrespectful as it is. Oh yeah. But yeah, just there's nothing about it that's redeeming whatsoever. And then my number one, uh, before we move to Ryan, because I want him to give a full reaction to this, my number one is ready to rumble. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching wrestling for twenty twenty six years. I've never I've seen some shit on on wrestling shows weekly. I have never been more embarrassed as a wrestling fan than watching that movie. <laughs> it I is, will rule you. There is nothing appealing, not even the cameos about that movie. It is the cameos, the match at the end. Oh, no, it is. Com- I I love the match. I love. Is I forget the WCW actually ever do that? Yeah, match? they did. They did it twice. Uh, yeah, that movie is just absolutely terrible, and there is nothing. In- there's nothing that I would re- would recommend that movie to wrestling fan. Nothing in it that would have me recommend it. It is absolutely garbage, and it insults my intelligence. And I watch wrestling. That insults my intelligence enough. The movie does even worse. Ryan, what's your number one? My number one is The Ringer. Speaking of insulting intelligence. What's The I mean, Ringer? Uh, what's The Ringer again? I yeah, totally forgot. Knoxville, right? It's Johnny Knoxville. He pretty much gets himself into a Special Olympics, tries to rig it, so he wins. Yeesh. That is a solid number one pick that's Eesh, a terrible yeah. trash movie that's yeah. solid all right so now we can go to our top 15 best now this is super hard because there's a lot of sports movies i love i i have a lot of honorable mentions so i do want to mention them i actually stuck some of the some bad ones in here that i do want to give a shout out to so some honorable mentions i have are space jam eddie have you guys ever seen the movie eddie that's a yeah, yeah I've seen it. It's, well, it's okay. It's yeah, the well, best of those shameless cameo movies. Yeah. So uh, Ryan, Whoopi Goldberg becomes the coach of the New York Knicks. I'm good. Yeah, I figured. Um, Major League, Major League Two. 
um, Hoosiers, Bull Durham, Miracle, Uncut Gems. I think that's a sports movie. Oh. I had it on my list in case he said it wasn't. Damn it! Like I, I it, it be, because this list is more favorite than like best on here. I actually it, it didn't make the cut because of that because I love this genre so much. But Uncut Gems is incredible. Uh, Lucas, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Oh, um, that is a 1985 uh, film with Corey Haim that he's like a nerdy boy that tries out to the for the football team to impress a girl. But it's it's not as slapstick as you may think it's actually a really heartfelt movie it's really good um because i just saw this for the first time it's not on my list but searching for bobby fisher the chess movie that's that's really really solid uh hoop dreams it's probably the best sports uh, documentary of the 90s it's incredible stuff uh and yeah let's get into him my number 15 and 14 are probably terrible movies to some but it is uh some of the most entertaining sports movies I've ever seen. Uh, the Mighty Ducks at 15. Little Giants at 14. Uh-huh. And then from there, we get to the to the ones that are actually more quality. Uh, number 13, Moneyball. It's, I, I watch Moneyball, and I think of the fact that despite the praise that Billy Bean got, did, has it really worked? Has, do you think analytics actually works in the long run? And I'll ask you, Leo, because you're more of a sports geek than 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 Ryan is on this. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 uh, it's it's unfortunate, but like statistics and numbers can be manipulated to fulfill whatever case you want to make for it, right? Um, and at one point, ba- I mean, baseball is like huge when it comes to these numbers things. Yeah. Um, I think it might be like the biggest sport of them all when it comes to analytics and and, and like metrics like this, but. I mean, yeah. If it, if it results in wins, it results in wins. So a case can be made that yeah, this changed. I mean, this definitely changed the face of baseball forever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's great film, great script, everything about it. I love number twelve, very underrated. Warrior. Ooh, good movie. Uh, one of Tom Hardy's best performances. The entire movie itself, it's it's incredible. Uh, number eleven, Friday Night Lights. Uh, for anyone that has seen Friday Night Lights, it shocked me when I first saw it because because of the ending. Sports movies have a direct way of ending, and the fact that this movie does not end in that way uh, was actually refreshing, and it added to uh, its impact on me as a fan of it. Uh, number 10, one that is a by-the-book sports movie, and even including ending, Remember the Titans. Ooh, too low. I know. I, I It was uh, a little up there, but then I started thinking about these other movies and I'm like, oh, no, it has to, I would say one through 15, no, not even one through and all these honorable mentions I could watch it any day. Uh, number nine, field of dreams. Uh, I love the fact that baseball is, it's not just a movie about baseball. It's about a father, son relationship. And then the impact that the father had on this, on, on Kevin Costner. I don't, I'm not going to spoil the ending if anyone's never seen it, but it, it's a, definitely a tearjerker at the end. Uh, number eight, A League of Their Own. I mean, we I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here, even in passing, but A League of Their Own, Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, fantastic performances. Uh, this is when Tom Hanks, one of Tom Hanks' last comedies before he started getting more serious. I actually think this is his last movie before Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I have The Wrestler. Uh, the, gr- the best portrayal of the wrestling business in a movie that I've ever seen. It's extremely authentic and in 
terms of what you lose when you don't aren't in the big lights anymore and you don't have a big company, you know, paying for your bills anymore. I think this movie is extremely authentic and Mickey Rourke's it saved his career until he didn't do anything else with it. Mm. Uh, and then number six is the karate kid because the karate kid continues to live on today. Thanks to Cobra Kai. This is the movie that complete uh, jumped on my list the most because of Cobra Kai, because, because makes, of Cobra Kai, yeah, that because makes sense. it yeah. makes the movie even better because of knowing where everything ends up. Like when we just had karate kid part two and fat, uh, fat Daniel LaRusso, I really wasn't too into it. But the fact that we've been able to expand to what we have right now, Karate Kid just continues to expand in terms of my my love for it and to show that Daniel LaRusso is a complete fucking asshole. Speaking of Cobra Kai, real quick, I read an article, so I'm not sure how true this is, that they're talking about making a Cobra Kai universe. Would you guys be down for that? Nope. They don't do, I don't think they would need one. They already have one. If that's, yeah, if, it's all in that show. <laughs> like, I, I fully expect Hillary Swank to be in... Cobra Kai. Like I absolutely expect there yeah, to be season. in it. Yeah, I would. I, you think next season? If here's what I'm picturing. <clears throat> um, I can't remember characters' names, but Tor- I actually am remembering Tori and Samantha are the finals in the uh, tournament, and then that gets Hillary. Sw- that gets uh, Hillary Swank's attention. Character's attention. That's when she comes in. Interesting. That's a good one because I actually do think the finals are going to be the two girls, because right now it's one one. Like. Tori yeah. kicked her ass and Sam kicked her ass in the finale. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we get the finals. Because I don't think Miguel's gonna win again. He's not ready. I actually no, think I actually think he's gonna lose in the first round because he's gonna rush back and he's gonna get eliminated in the first round. So Ooh. I mean we'll we'll see what happens because I, I they gotta get they gotta get through these seasons because the kids are getting old. It's like the Stranger <laughs> Things thing. Because it's funny we're completely off topic, but when we get to Stranger Things season four they're probably going to be unrecognizable because it's been like yeah, three years since we facial hair. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, uh, I, I think you're right, right. In terms of, uh, hell your swank. And I also think if you guys know karate kid part three, Terry silver, the guy from yes, karate kid part three, absolutely, I yes. think that's who crease is talking to on the phone. I thought he was going to be in this season, to be honest. I thought, I thought he was sorry. He technically, no. he technically is Leo. He's the guy that crease rescues in Vietnam. No, no. So I know, I know that, but I remember, I remember when after season one, I remember. Oh no, I'm sorry. After season two, I remember there was like a, like the little like trailer, like uh, I guess to get you amped up for season three. And I could have sworn that he was already going to be in this season, but uh, that's a good point. I guess they got away with it by saying that those the flashback scenes are are him. Yeah, and they never specifically say that's Terry Silver, but Terry Silver in Karate Kid Part Three actually talks about. How he yeah. saved his ass a few times or something along those lines. So yep. I, I have a and we definitely got off off a of Cobra Kai tangent now, <laughs> but I do have a theory. I think Terry Silver is Miguel's dad. Whoa. That... Because all we know about Miguel's dad is that his mom said that he is a a bad person. And there also is a, a backstory that Terry Silver was in. I think in Venezuela or El Salvador or something along those lines. It wouldn't shock me. And then I think we do know that Miguel's family is is an immigrant family for, that came from another country. It wouldn't it wouldn't it be crazy if his time over there he slept with Miguel's mom, and we have Miguel. Mm. 
that'd be crazy. It's, be awesome. it's a long, it's a long shot, but I was like, oh, it would be fucking wild if they connected to Terry <laughs> that'd be Silver. A crazy twist. That would be a crazy twist. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my fifteen through five. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, fifteen through five or six. Six. I'm sorry. Uh, fifteen. The Blind Side. I hate The Blind Side. <laughs> I haven't seen The Blind Side. I, it's yeah. it's not a bad movie. I just uh, she shouldn't want yeah, the Oscar it, for that. It's that's why it's fifteen. It's not the best, but yeah. yeah. Number fourteen, Dodgeball. Oh, that's so good, Ryan. Do is dodgeball a sport? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love. Yes. <laughs> I love dodgeball. Good, good one, Ryan. Number thirteen, the goon. The what? The goon. Goon with Sean William Scott. Wolf. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that is that football or hockey? It's hockey. 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 Yeah, I, I I heard of it. Um, number twelve. Although David hates it, the Water Boy. Um, I, I, I listen. At least it's not in your top ten. <laughs> uh, number eleven, Jerry Maguire. Yes, nice. good man. Ten, Space Jam. Cool. Nine, Million Dollar <laughs> Baby. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I wanted to go back to Space Jam real quick. Leo, you're with me on it. You don't think it's a good movie, right? No, no. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, when I was a little kid watching Taz and Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, it, it, it seemed like the fantastic recipe, like, to make me happy. But then, like, after rewatching it, you're like, this is not good. This is just, like, a money, a money thing. <laughs> what I want and I wish we got was Bill Murray. All the scenes of Bill Murray trying to get to the NBA. I think that was a more entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, number nine, Million Dollar Baby. Nice. Eight, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes, that should have included that. I suck. That's so good. Seven, Sandlot. Okay. Too low. And number six, Mighty Ducks. Nice. nice. All right, Leo, what do you got? Nice. Uh, honorable mentions. And I know the first honorable mention I have is going to get David to already want to kick me off the podcast. <laughs> But I don't love this movie. I, I know it's it's place in Americana. Just and say it. The Sandlot. Just the say Sandlot it. The Sandlot is my honorable mention. Um, Field of Dreams, The Fighter, and Cool Runnings. Yeah, feel the rhythm, feel the ride. Come on down. It's bobsled time. Yep. <laughs> what part of Jamaica? <laughs> <laughs> my number 15, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Nice. That's a big popular one. Yeah, I mean that's just basketball, bro. I've love only seen I've only seen that movie once. Is this something I should go back to? Because I didn't love it the first time. Yeah, I mean, like just just for the basketball scenes alone, and I think that's a lot of these sports movies too. Is like the scenes that you see them in the craft or like practicing or training, like like Wesley Snipes and 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 um and Woody Harrelson. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and Woody Harrelson playing basketball. It's like you would never expect it from Woody Harrelson. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, it just plays up the whole movie in general. I, yeah, it's one of those like, guilty pleasure movies. It's basketball. I can't. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, with and yeah, Rosie Perez is at her most Rosie Perez. Yeah, so, that's kind of why I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's obsessed with getting on Jeopardy. I think. Yes. Yes. Does it? She gets on at the end, right? She wins. Yeah. 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 Spoiler, right? Uh, yeah. Sure. Big time. Thirty years old. <laughs> thirty. Thirty years of movie. Uh, my number fourteen is Jerry Maguire. Um, this movie I loved so much that I wanted to become a sports agent when I went, uh, when I, when I grew up. That's how I um, felt when I saw Ari Gold. Right, dude. It's like, there's something about that world where it's like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to, I want to be able to like be in the sports world and like, and get into that business side of it. 
um, my number 13, Moneyball, um, which I saw a lot later. I saw it maybe within the last like year and a half, but really, really awesome insight into it. Fantastic performances in general. Um, my number 12, and I think David's not going to be a fan of this one, but I think Ryan might. Um, the Replacements. Never seen it. It's with, it's, with, it's with Keanu Reeves. Right, you have to see it. It's so good. Yeah, I, I am with you, Leo. Like you're that. Like I'm not a fan of it, but that is right up your alley, right? Okay, I'll yeah. check it out. It's uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves playing Shane Falco. I mean, it's it's he's one of the most iconic football quarterbacks in movies, which we can make, probably make a list of too. Yeah, will it be uh, will it be Beeman? Like I don't love any given Sunday, but uh, I yeah, know he's, like he's right. really popular. Speaking of number eleven, any given Sunday. <laughs> so this is one I want to give another shot to. Because I've seen this movie twice, and Leo, you correct me if like if I'm overthinking here. Is it too fucking long? Because that's what really drew me, like was pushed it against for me. It's like three hours for no reason. It's a long movie. It's definitely a long movie. I will say that it's it's. I think it's Oliver Stone, isn't it? Yeah, it's Oliver Stone. Yeah, so it's like it's it's full on Oliver Stone at his most Oliver Stone. Um, but it's gritty, bro. And I don't out of the list of movies that we have here. I don't think there's another like grittier movie in like in that sense. I mean, um, it it it's Pacino like. Exactly. Media. Exactly. The score even, touchdown. Even the non-football scenes with Pacino are gritty. <laughs> Just for Pacino, I, and I remember uh, this is so superficial. I remember hating Pacino's hairstyle because I love Pacino's hair in almost every movie, but I hated his hairstyle on any given Sunday because he had he had those thick ass sideburns. And in the messy hair, it just turned it, it just turned me away as a Pacino fan. But I, I'll give I'll give it another look. Again, but it's like Willie Beeman, another one of those iconic movie quarterbacks. Um, my number ten is a movie that, much like Mighty Ducks, I was surprised because I didn't expect to love hockey. But Miracle, love Miracle, uh, put, so good. Yeah, it was one of those movies that I literally teared up. Like I did not expect to go into that movie to get like emotionally moved. But fantastic film. Great performances, amazing soundtrack too. Um, my number nine, The Wrestler. Nice. Same. I'm thing. surprised you I mean, had it, it on here. It's a solid freaking movie for a, 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 a. And I think that's the thing between Miracle and The Wrestler is that I went into it not expecting to love it, and I left the movie saying like, "Wow, I care so much about this. I want to look more into this field. I loved wrestling too when I was a little kid, but I never really took it too seriously, and I didn't continue on later on in life, but." Mickey Rourke's performance is freaking brutal, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, my number eight, The Karate Kid. Yes. Uh, iconic. I mean, I'm not gonna. There's not much more to say about that. Uh, my number seven, Hoosiers. Basketball. So, it, it 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 used to be on my list. I recently saw that this year, Leo, and I don't know what it was. It's just what I didn't love it. It, it was a little boring. <laughs> It, it it does it drags a little, but I think just for the basketball scenes and the basketball like knowledge and intelligence in it, I think I I really still I do still enjoy it. And you're right, it does it is slow. I don't think it's the best basketball movie, um, but I do think it's still it's still one of those like if you're a basketball fan, you'll probably appreciate this more than most casual fans because by, you know so much more of the sport. By the way, Leo, I just bought uh any given Sunday for three dollars. Yes. <laughs> so I will be I will be watching it in the next few days when I get here. Let me know when you watch it. I might I might give it another rewatch too, just because it's it gets you in that football mode. So sounds good. 
But my number six is what I think is one of my, my is at least my favorite basketball movie. Um, is He Got Game? Love with, He Got Game, right, dude? I mean, just I mean, just so there's so much behind the movie, but like this was a great film with really good performances. Who would know? Who would have thought Ray Allen, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's actually uh, in my honorable mention in it for for totally missed uh on my list like i i missed it scrolling up so yeah he got game for sure um it ages i think it ages really well i don't know the last time you saw it i saw it recently it, age, it ages really well and then the the basketball game at the end with ray and and denzel is fantastic and so, now and then, uh, i guess I, I i can i go um yeah five do five through two. two yep cool my number five a movie that for a sport that i didn't think i'd care about but tin cup <laughs> I need to see that. Oh, I, that's what I've been wanting to see. It's on my queue, actually. So, dude, it's, 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 it's honestly, it's one of those, like, the movie to me, I remember watching it with my dad back in, like, the 90s. This was, I mean, as Kevin Costner, like, back when he ruled the world. <laughs> he could do can, no wrong back then. Can we say that, and Rye, you can chime in as well. Can we say that um, Kevin Costner is a sports movie king? Yes. Sure. Ryan hates sports movies. I think I don't hate sports movies. I just you know <laughs> um, you'll see, you'll notice from my top five, there's not a single uh, stick and ball sport. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Kevin Costner, he definitely has a lot. Like, I mean, think about it: Field of Dreams, Tin Cup, Bill Durham. Like he and did don't the sport. don't forget the latest gem that I may be. It's not an honorable mention because it's not just it would never make a top. 15 or 20 Oh, draft day i love draft day like Ooh, i sincerely yes. love draft very illogical moves that he makes as the gm of the cleveland browns but i will say until last week when the browns won their first playoff game in like almost 30 years that must have been the highlight of the 2000s <laughs> yeah for, for the, of the century for the for the cleveland browns <laughs> but yeah no i'm with you i, I gotta check out tim cup tim cup though he's a caddy right uh yes. Okay. Oh no, he's not a caddy. He's just a very like down and out like underdog that he has like it's kind of like the I would say he's like the inspiration of um Happy Gilmore. Gotcha. Like, okay. That whole thing where you, you don't know how to, you know how to con- you don't know how to control yourself, so you always lose because of that. But you do have skill. Gotcha. Um, my number four is The League of Their Own. Yes, so good. Yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that you can just put on at any time. It has a lot of cultural relevance. It's still entertaining. Um, but hey, there's no crying in baseball. It's still one of those lines that everyone uses. Oh yeah, big time. Um, my number three is a movie we reviewed last week, Creed. Nice. Uh, even though we talked about the whole remaking of the original type thing, it's still it was able to remake and retell the story and and bring it to a whole new audience that makes them want to go back and see the like the whole franchise in general. Um, but my number two is Remember the Titans. Um, it's just I think a, the the way that it captures that era with sports and and and, and just ties it together. The performances are really strong. Um, I love it. I think for me, it's my favorite football movie, my second favorite sports movie. Oh yeah, I I love it. I remember it being so big in two thousand, and still holds holds true. Ryan, what do you got? Number five, The Karate Kid. Yes, love Co- that movie. Cobra Kai helped. Cobra Kai helps, or was it always in your top five? Uh, it was always in my top five. Okay, I've always loved it. Um, number four, The Wrestler. You said best day of the show. The down and out of afterward is just such great storytelling. 
But on the flip side, number three, fighting with my family. Oh, showing, good one. Good one. Showing the up and coming uh, superstar, I think, was the knitting, the grit, and trying to get to the big top. I think that was such a good parallel to the wrestler. Yeah. You know. Leo, you should check that out. It's, I think it's on Prime. It's, uh, so it's funny. I, I am, I'm taking lists of some of the movies you guys are mentioning. I get another stuff I need to revisit because I haven't seen them in a long time. But Fighting with My Family, you guys, both of you, have been reviewing with really high marks for like a few episodes. And Fighting with My Family, I think, Ryan, it's a comedy. It's a full blown yeah. comedy. It's not a a serious movie i mean there are serious undertones to it but it's pretty much a comedy yeah i agree um but definitely check it out leo if Got you it. like the wrestler like i said it's like the exact opposite of the wrestler it's the very beginnings yep Got um it. number two creed nice love, love love that movie and i for my number five it's actually gone up on my list since my recent rewatch raging bull Oh, see, I, that's a, that's one I I knew was gonna come up. I have yet to see it, but I hear that that's high on a lot of people's list. It is. I see it on, on as number one for many people, but for me, it's like it actually was always like lower nine, ten. But after re- I had a re- I haven't seen it in years. Um, I know it's very. It's not more on the sport, but the editing in that movie is incredible, and then Bobby's performance is one of the best of his. Probably his second best for me after. Um, Second or third after Taxi Driver and Godfather Part Two, uh, that's how good De Niro is in this. He is incredible. And Pesci, this is one of Pesci's first. I think this is his breakout, and it, he's incredible in it too. Definitely give it a shot. It's not long; it's under two hours. So you, I think you give it. A, uh, you'll like it. Uh, continuing the boxing trend, my number four is Creed. Talked about it last week. Everything about Creed is fantastic. My number three is Rocky. Ah, we, nice. We, ah. We, yeah. So my number two is a movie I saw in 1993 at my aunt's house on uh, the illegal cable box that almost everyone had. Yes. And it was summer of 93, and I was just toggling through the channels, and I saw a scene from this movie. And back then, for anyone that doesn't know, they used to repeat the same movie. So they had pay-per-view channels, and one pay-per-view channel specifically used to just repeat the same movie all day. So I caught a little bit. Of a, I caught a scene and I just started watching there and I started at the beginning. My number two is Rudy. Uh, see, I never, I never got on that train. I, I remember liking it, but I don't love it. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like for me, Rudy was the first movie I ever cried. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like there's, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sob, sobbing mess with movies nowadays. But like when I was younger, I would try to be this tough guy that, or tough kid that never cries during movies. But since the from the first moment that he got into that game with that Jerry Goldsmith score, that scene itself, I've o- I always cry to this day. But the overall movie, I think, is fantastic in terms of it's not just a football movie. It's about someone with dreams that just wants to o- yeah. achieve them no matter what. Um, I still watch that movie, and I think his girlfriend marrying his brother is shady as fuck, but no one ever talks about it. But uh, <laughs> now, yeah, Rudy's my number two, and it continues to be a, a, to hold a special place, but not as special as my number one, Leo. Oh, my God. I, I've lost track of your list. What's your number yeah, one? I can't think of what your number one is. My number one is The Sandlot. Oh, nice. yeah. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Obsession with The Sandlot is an understatement. I think The Sandlot is not the best movie, not the best sports movie ever made. I would probably, if we had to put best, it'd probably be Rocky or Raging Bull. But there is no sports movie that makes me happier than watching The Sandlot. It is everything about it. And I and I never played baseball, prof, you know, not professionally, but like 
as a you kid for like it? for for oh. uh, little league. I never played little league. I never played in high school. Basketball was a sport that I played um, throughout my life. And ironically, I, there was not a basketball movie in my top fifteen. Yeah, I uh, know, dude. I know. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the Sandlot, the idea of friendship, the idea of kids being kids in the summer, honestly, it just takes us back to. You look at this movie in 1960, I think it takes place in the 60s, and we look, we're kids in nineteen in the 90s, and this is what we would do. Fast forward to 2021, can you imagine kids doing that in the summer, just going out there and playing sports and just being kids? It just doesn't nope, happen. Just, it doesn't happen their, anymore. Not without their cell phones. Exactly. No. It doesn't happen anymore. I remember even, like, I haven't played basketball recently because of COVID, but, like, even when I would play basketball, obviously I take my phone, but my phone goes in my book bag and it doesn't leave my book bag until I'm done playing because I still, for me, enjoy playing the sport. That's what I get from the Sandlot. There's just so much enjoyment and they love each other's company and it's actually relatively hilarious. The 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 great Hambino is one of the greatest characters in the history of film. And I don't. I, I will take people down. Anyone that thinks that he's not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Sandlot's my number one. Uh, and that that's it, right? Or do we have to go? We go to. Uh, oh no. But we go back around. I think I go and then yep. Ryan. Ryan, what do you one. actually? Ryan, go first. What is your number one? My number one is Rocky. Yes. Yeah, I love that movie. There you go. Is that same uh, for you, Leo? Yeah, dude. It's a it it, it transcends sports. Yes. It's, it's, it, mm-hmm. it is it is literally the the symbol for being the underdog. Right. Go. You took the word out of my mouth. It's the ultimate underdog story. It's such a well done, well complete story. Just love it, and the fact that he doesn't win at the end is actually it helps. I it. think a little bit of a cherry on top mm-hmm. for it. I agree. Um, before we finish, I got into an argument with someone. Not an argument, a friendly debate on our Real Talk Instagram this week. If you guys want to check it out, about how no one would ever think Rocky's the best out of the franchise. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, that that's a thought. Shout out. I know he's listening right now because he said he would listen to this podcast. So shout out to you. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up our discussion on sports movies. Hopefully next week I will be in a very happy mood and the Packers would be on the way to the Super Bowl. So we shall see what happens there. Oh, I will be on here crying like I do when my other sports team loses. Until then, Leo Ryan, thanks for joining us. See you at the movies, kids.